fat or because I did this. It's like, dude, that ain't no excuse. Maybe you're going to go up and down a little bit here and there. But well, I think it's also what, what people are looking for out of their fitness. Like for me, fitness is an outlet. You know, if I'm, if I'm traveling, I want to be, I, I want to be exercising. I feel better when I do it. Yeah. You're yeah. going to travel and then not do anything. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And then I, just eat like crap. <laughs> dude. So it's so funny. I don't, are we are we alive? Yeah, yeah, we're live now. <laughs> oh, are we? Yeah. So it's so, <laughs> we're in. It, we're in. So it's funny. Hello, like, Facebook. Hello, <laughs> YouTube. What's so up, I get this a lot. I get um, hey, the day before you you have a competition or at the competition, you know, what do you eat? And I'm like, well, I eat the same thing I've been eating for the past six months or a year. And it's funny the way people always ask that question, like, what's your game day? What's your pre? And you know, my, my response to that is that you want to kind of give your body what it's used to. And if you want to try and eat cleaner or whatever the day before, well, then maybe you should be eating clean consistently leading up to that. Right. Because right. if you change something the day before, you don't know how it's going to make you feel. And, uh, anyways. Yeah. Well, it, it just goes back to the old adage of you don't have to be fancy. You just have to be consistent. You know, like if you, <clears throat> it, it, it's great to put in a good effort for four weeks and to, transform your body or six weeks or eight weeks or take a 30-day challenge you know all about that yeah it those things are great but you have to just you have to understand there's gonna be a bounce back from that if you're doing everything and anything you can to get to a certain result you're not going to stay there and no. it's about improving your average over a long period of time so everybody you know thinks average is bad but average is great if you can, can improve your average over a long period of well, time. Well, I mean, I look at it like this, you know, my mom and dad, they're both in our gyms and, you know, I'm obviously in our gym all the time and my wife, and it's like, what's the goal? Well, the goal is to be as fit as possible for as long as possible. And it's not just to be fit for a week or a month or a year or whatever. It's to have longevity. And what are things that are going to potentially impact you from your fitness or getting injured, right. maybe going out too crazy, you know, I mean, I don't know about you, but we have people come to our gym all the time, NC Fit. We have locations throughout the Bay Area. And people come in and be like, hey, I want to lose 100 pounds. I want to do this, this, this. I'll be like, okay, cool. I want you to come in twice a week. I want you to just try and get rid of soda. Let's just start there. And then over time, you incorporate more and more. But if they start out too crazy, they, they can't maintain it, you know? Right. It's addition by subtraction, you know? So if if uh, if you walk in the gym and you're 300 pounds and I tell you to cut out carbohydrates, that's a huge, that's a huge deal. And you could do it for maybe a week or two. Yeah. And, then and you're, you're all like, fired oh, up. I lost 10 pounds. Yep. And but then, then you, you gained 20. Yep. You're done. <laughs> Do you find it hard to keep people's expectations in check? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's just a really good conversation with them. Like, for example, we just signed a new deal with Lucas Films. Yeah. And I was up there last week and a gentleman said to me, like, hey, I haven't exercised in years and I want to get in better shape. You know, I want to come in every day. I want to do this. This is my, like, hey, man, let's just start off twice a week. Let's just start you off with a coach helping you. And then once you do that for two weeks, then let's try three. And let's try four and let's try five and let's turn it into from this. Oh, I have a passion to get in better shape to, oh, now, now it becomes a part of my daily routine. You know, we were talking about when we travel, I mean, I travel a lot. I know you do too, but I mean, I'm going to be on the road, you know, every week for the next as long foreseeable future, especially with the book coming out and exercise just a part of my routine. Right. You know, I wake up early, I get after it because I feel better. Right. Yeah. If you wake up at, uh, if you got to wake up at four 30 or five o'clock to sneak in a workout, you'll kind of look at the clock and you'll. You'll judge it based off of like when you're able to get to bed and stuff and maybe make the call to, to wake up early and get the training in. But it's uh, a very rare occasion where you regret it. You know, it's a very rare occasion where you're like, oh, I shouldn't have gotten up. Every once in a while, you, you might have pushed the envelope a little too yeah. much because you might have went to bed at 1130 
and woke up at 4.30 and that might not always be a great idea. I don't think I've ever regretted getting up early to do a workout, regardless of my travel, whatever. Sometimes what I will regret is if I'm, um, you know, staying up late, working out, working, working, working. I'm traveling like throughout Asia and I do that for like three or four days in a row. It's a bunch of those factors that make me get sick, right? right. It's not just the yeah. waking up early to exercise. It's, it's all the stress factors, right. the work factors. Because when we open up new locations in Asia, it gets stressful. I've been sharing with people that, uh, you know, I think a lot of people need to stop setting an alarm to wake up. Sometimes you do need an alarm. I mean, sometimes it's necessary. Your boss wants you somewhere at a certain yeah. time or you have a flight to catch at a certain time. So, you know, you don't want to uh, just take my advice and be late for everything all the time. Mark but, Bell said so. But I, I do think that it's more important to set your alarm to go to bed than it is to wake up. And I think let, mm. let yourself uh, wake up naturally and just go to bed at the appropriate time. My alarm goes off around 8 p.m. every night and I look at it. I don't go to bed at eight o'clock yeah. right away. Uh, but you know, within, within an hour or so, I try to make sure I'm in bed. Yeah. My six-year-old and four-year-old have the same bedtime as you, Mark. No, I'm just kidding. They're, they go to bed by 7.30. But, you know, same thing. I try and go to bed relatively early because I want to get up early. You know, this morning right. I had meetings at 6. And it's like, well, you got to be there and get ready to go. Typical uh, meathead millionaire fashion, right? When Jason walked in, we sat down and talked business. That's it. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, my day. You know, I had a meeting from 6 to 7, another one from 7 to 8. Shot up here, wanted to come and see you guys. And, um, you know, I wanted to sit down and just talk about what we could do together. You know, I think in, in life, you kind of create this network of friends. And just like when my daughter got sick, uh, friends support you through the challenging times, Absolutely. right? Friends or this network are supposed to raise everybody up, you know? As the saying goes, as the tide rises, all boats yeah. rise or whatever. Mm -hmm. yep. It's like, I want to see you do well. You want to see me do well. It's good for everybody. Oh, absolutely. You know, with, uh, you know, what, what, uh, happened with your daughter was, uh, just a really wild thing and it impacted a lot of people, but it also, uh, in, in a good positive way, raised a lot of awareness, helped, uh, draw more attention to pediatric cancer, helped raise more money for it. Yep. And, uh, your daughter's healthy now and she's strong now and it looks like things are heading in the right direction. Yeah. We're about five months out now from treatment and yeah. all is looking good. And, you know, it's funny, I think you and I did a podcast Man, maybe a couple of months after I think she was diagnosed. Yeah. And I got a lot of response from that. People just like, hey, man, you know, praying for you, positive thoughts. And then we had another one like a year or two later. And now here we are. And yeah, I mean, it's, it, there, there are good stories that come out of it. Um, there's a lot of bad stories too. Absolutely. But I think for me, it just gave me a lot of focus and drive. And that's part of the book that's coming out. You know, this week we're releasing the Amrit Mentality book and as many reps as possible. And really, the I, I was originally writing this book because... I'd be traveling, I'd read books that are kind of like hack-based, like, hey, work less, get paid more, or, uh, you know, whatever it may be. And I realized it didn't align with what I found in business. So once Ava got sick, it made me kind of refocus what I wanted to talk about. And it's really about why do we want to work hard? You know, what's the reason for working hard to say, if something ever happens, you're in, a, you're in the best position possible to attack it. Just right. like fitness, you know, like if you don't work out for a month, you're still going to be pretty fit in a month from now. Yeah, you're you're stronger going into something. I mean, there's there's more evidence now that um, they even talk about uh, people's leg strength having to do with their longevity. What a weird thing, right? What a weird concept. But as you get older, what happens to a lot of people is they trip, they fall, yep. and they get hurt. And once you're knocked off your feet and you're injured and you're 87 years old or 90 years old, uh, things start to slide downhill real fast. Very fast. They actually uh, have done some studies too to show that people that just move faster in general are usually more successful. Like what a weird, what weird information is this, right? But like, think about that. Like if you, if you get to your car to where you're walking to, to the grocery store and you get in and out of the grocery store faster than the next guy, 
I mean, not everything has to be a sprint. Not everything has to be a race, but maybe everything is a race. Everything's for time. You know, I mean, the way I like to look at my day is like I segment it up. I try and prioritize different things. But when I'm at work, I'm at work. When I'm with you, I'm with you. When I'm, you know, with the kids, I'm with the kids. And and that's the way that I found to get the most production, most be most productive throughout the duration of my day. I think a lot of people right. are one foot in, one foot out, which is tough. And, and you talk about moving fast. I think if you're moving fast and you're focused, you get a lot more work done. <laughs> but if you're moving fast, and you're unfocused, and you're yeah. distracted, you're going to get a little, not as much. Do you time. have a tough time being patient? Oh, yeah. I mean, is I have, that maybe I have, the hardest thing for you? Yeah, I have pretty bad attention problems. So I have to really constantly remind myself to stay, you know, <laughs> stay, keep, keep attention, stay focused on one thing. There's one people thing. that know you right now that are really <laughs> laughing their ass off right now listening to this oh. podcast. I remember going to that coffee shop with you. You're like, you hard sold us on this coffee shop. Like, this coffee shop's amazing. They got the best coffee in town. Da, 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 da. Then we get in there and there's a line. And you're like, ah, I don't know about this. And you keep looking around. And you're like, let's get out of here. And we blew out of there. <laughs> there's and a went Starbucks. to Starbucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dude, I just, you know, I mean, for me, it's like, I call it the gotta go program and yeah. it's like, we gotta go, you know, we don't have time to be dilly dallying. And I think you only have so much time in a day. And if I want to get home at a, an appropriate hour to see my kids and I got to make the full day worth it, you know? Yeah. yeah. That was great. When you were showing us around, uh, like your multiple gyms, like even some on multiples on one street, but you're like, guys looked at your watch. All right, we got seven minutes. Let's get in and out. Let's go. And we're like, oh shit, he's serious. Yeah, <laughs> it was awesome. Because if we don't set a clock, you know, like something I do in my garage, and and uh, you know, we do at the gym too. Is obviously we set a clock. Yeah. And and typically, if you take a class at our gym, it's an hour or whatever it may be. But for me in my garage, you know, it's easy to dilly dally. For me, I turn on the clock. Boom. When that clock hits sixty minutes, ninety minutes, whatever it is for that goal, I'm done. And I better have gotten the work done that I told myself I was going to. Otherwise, you know, Time's I'm disappointed. Up. Time's up. Does uh, this get to be too much sometimes, like with uh, the wifey, like you sit down with her and you're like, hey, babe, we got 27 minutes or whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever it might be. There, there's some things there's no clock on, but no, I, uh, no, you know, for it's me, not me. We're just running out of time. I promise. She just keeps seeing you looking at your watch the whole time. <laughs> you know, no, it, when we go out and stuff, I really try and make it about her. You know, like we went to Laguna Beach. This weekend I had a meeting in Irvine and we just stayed for two nights. And, you know, for us, we want to make sure that we're still kind of keeping the, keeping the fire. And I think, um, when we go out to dinner, it's just about me and her. And, you know, cause we have a lot of, we've had a lot of adult, adult conversations at a very young age because of our kids and one of them being sick. And so sometimes it's nice not to have the adult conversation, just date and just have fun. Right. Your, um, your daughter getting sick, obviously was like a big pivot point in your life. You getting involved in CrossFit, I would say it's probably another big pivot point. Yeah. But you met your wife, uh, at like 15, 14 years old. Something yeah, like that. yeah. Yeah. That was a big pivot point. Right. Yeah. Just kind of originally, I didn't really understand what I had until I had, until I, you know, until you realize it right where she was the person who really kind of gave me the drive, gave me the focus, gave me the determination to kind of do things. And she's always been the cornerstone and my bet, my biggest advocate. And I think really more than anything, she's allowed me to um, be about something, you know, like mm. be about it. Like, Hey, if you love this girl and you want to get her a house, better be about it, you know, yeah. go to work. And, right. and since then there's been many things that she's done like that. Right. Uh, what a weird thing too, to meet, uh, you know, your significant other at such a young age, um, somebody that you're going to, you know, spend the re rest of your life with. A lot of times people would think, oh, it's just puppy love, or they just love each other. Cause they're, you know, a, a junior in high school yeah. or a senior in high school. Um, when did it, when did it like really sink in like that, that this is, you know, this is like a long, really long-term deal, not just, uh, some high school thing that's going to disintegrate when you go to college or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's tough to say. I mean, the first week I met her, I told my mom I was going to marry her. And then 
things didn't and work. Your, and your mom must have been like, you know, you kind of hear that all the time. From yeah, teenagers, yeah, sure, right? okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, sure you know, so we started dating, and then it didn't work out. And and after a couple of weeks, she decided she didn't want me anymore. And I think it's because <laughs> I was just kind of immature, foolish. And you know, a year later, we got back together, and we were there together ever since. I think really where I started to realize that she was the one was. You know, after we got out of high school and we hit college, mm. like I really knew that, hey, this is, this is a done deal. It just like, didn't feel right to not be with her. That's right. And she, she elevated me. She, she enhanced my life. And I think if you find someone like that, you got to hold on to it. Last night I was, um, I was, I was, I had a meeting with a gentleman and we were talking about, he's a little older than us and he, he was getting a divorce and he told me, he's like, in hindsight, you know, I would have moved mountains to, to keep my relationship mm. And I wish, you know, in hindsight is 2020, but I think once you find someone important, you gotta, you gotta do what you can to keep that relationship strong. Yeah. I've heard that before. We've had, we've had some real beasts on this podcast and people that we really admire. And, uh, Jake Cutler was one of them. Jake Cutler's four time Mr. Olympia. Um, and for a decade he was either second or first in the Mr. Olympia contest. And I asked if he had any regrets and he said, yeah, you know, I lost my first wife and you know, he just said that he loved her and that he. He just, it, he couldn't hold it together with what he was doing. It was too selfish. It was just too much. And, um, I really admire that he said that because we've had so many other people on this podcast. They're like, no man, it's about being the best. It's about, you know, yeah, this and that. And they don't give a shit on what, right, yeah. on what they lost. But to me, it's like, man, there's no, like, there's well, no I mean, depth even, to this person. Even you, like you, so you were, you've done the, uh, power, you know, powerlifting thing, yeah. right? Obviously mm-hmm. for a little bit. And then. You kind of switch gears, start losing a bunch of weight. Then you right. decide to do a, a bodybuilding competition, which is just a whole second. <laughs> I mean, the, the, you know, the image I had of you was you getting the tanning solution, just placed all like, must have been so awkward. Like, now, I, sir, I need you to separate your, uh, oh your my, cheeks. <laughs> oh my God. It was like that too. Oh man. When I walked in there, like, uh, they're like, do you have a sock? And I was like, a sock? <laughs> and I was like. Okay, yeah, I can put on a sock. That's all I wore was a sock, and it tanned me up. Oh, my God. That's so awkward. Was it roll-on or spray? It was spray. It was spray. But they, they touch you a little bit because they, they, they call it buffing. They're like, I'm going to buff you. But at least it was a bunch of young, cute girls. So it <laughs> <laughs> wasn't too bad of a game. I would have paid No, I wouldn't have Oh, there we go. There we go. Now you can, you can visualize <laughs> oh, some of it. Oh. So that's like my like bodybuilding, whatever the hell, uh, panties, man, manies, I'll call them. <laughs> yeah. And then they... Uh, but then after this, um, they were like, yeah, you might just want to wear the sock because then we can tan everywhere. And I was like, okay. Oh, man. And then they're like, hey, could you like move it to the left, move it to the right? I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay. They're like, it's only weird. It's only feels weird for you. We're, we're fine with it. I'm yeah. Like, they've seen a lot of penises. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, they're, they're, uh, they're more comfortable with it, but yeah, you're like lined up too. You know, it's like, there's a bunch of dudes in there. So you're but, like, this is weird. So you did the powerlifting thing. Not, then you did the bodybuilding thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, you experienced it, which I more power to you. Yeah. What's the next? Uh, what's the next thing? Yeah, I know. You know, people keep asking me about that. I, I, I really don't know. I, uh, you know, right now, what I've been working on is kind of countering the dieting because the diet people don't. I guess people don't fully understand is that like uh, some bodybuilding can be healthy, some powerlifting can be healthy, some pa- some CrossFit can be healthy. Yep. But once you compete then it becomes kind of unhealthy in some ways. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to try to reverse my way out of the bodybuilding uh, 
diet, uh, not just eat like a pig, but there's some strategy uh, behind it to try to kind of heal your stomach. Because a lot of times what happens, people start to bombard their stomach with like pizza and ice cream. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. They end up with kind of intestinal problems. So I'm trying to uh, work on just eating natural foods and eating more than I was eating before. So bringing up the volume a little bit. And uh, the next thing is just to work on getting strong, having some fun with it. And uh, I would like to try to pack on some more muscle, pack on some more size, but continue to do a lot of the things I've been doing in the last few weeks and months. And that's uh, get my blood work done, make sure I'm healthy. Um, one thing I need to improve upon is my sleep. It's just not, it's not where it needs to be. I need to sleep better. And so that's something I need to try to hone in on. Uh, but yeah, main, mainly it's just uh, trying to get a little bigger and then around March, which is around the time of the Arnold Classic, I'd like to see if I can get leaner than I was. And just things that I hear and things that I pick up from other people, uh, people are like, well, you can only get, you can only get as lean as you're ever, ever going to get if you actually step on stage. And I want to prove that that theory is not correct. I'm, I want to just, just get lean just to get lean and just be ripped up and shredded just for, just Just cause. to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Just well, because. if you decide you want to do a CrossFit competition, you let me know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, I wouldn't rule that out, you know, in some ways. I think the main concern on some of that would be, I love the CrossFit workouts. I've done some of them before, and a lot of that is fun. Uh, the main concern would just be injury, because again, like just, you're going at it hard, yeah. and it's in a time constraint. In and a some real, of the, with some complex movements. And, and some of the gymnastic stuff, I think, yeah. is where I, I would be susceptible to injury. The Olympic lifts and um, a lot of those things, I think I'd be fine with that. Uh, it would be difficult. Um, but yeah, any of the gymnastics stuff would be really difficult. For well, me. if you want to do it, uh, you know, you got a couple of events coming up. Maybe you and I could talk. You got a bodybuilding coach. Maybe if you need a CrossFit coach, I got your back. We'll see. Yeah, that would be great. I mean, it would be, it would be awesome to do, uh, some workouts and just get in better condition. Yeah. We'd make sure that whatever you were doing, you were doing it in a safe and effective way. You yeah. Know, handstand pushups. <laughs> you need to take some time before you get your right. shoulders ready for that. I, you know, I can't believe how hard CrossFit workouts are and. I mean, what do you think of the men and women this year at the CrossFit Games? It's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, you got Matt Frazier. He's just, he's just leading the pack. He's doing a really great job, and he's a good dude. And the, it, it, Yeah, it's a great test of fitness. And uh, Tia did awesome, too. And, and a lot of it from TV perspective, but they don't realize all the decades of mm, training and all yeah. the things that got them to there. You know, it's like, it's like if you see someone go on the bodybuilding stage, you're like, wow. But you don't realize, you know, there's certain things they did to put themselves in position to be successful that day. They did X, Y, Z, powerlifter, same thing. You know, you don't get to a thousand pound back squat by, you know, just one day deciding you want to do it right. a month from now. You know, it takes years. A lot of people have a hard time watching the CrossFit games on TV without, yeah. without accusing people of doing steroids. You know, a lot of people will watch it and be like, man, that dude's ripped up or that chick is ripped up. Look yeah. at how strong this guy is. And when you were over at Body Power, you had a, uh, a driver who was uh, well-versed in bodybuilding. Oh, man. And, and he gave you kind of the rundown oh, of like all dude. the stuff these guys take to prep for a I show. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I, so, so I went to Body Power in uh, UK and this guy, we drove in this car for maybe, I don't know, three hours ago. <laughs> And he went. I, I mean, don't think was, you knew, or you were on a three-hour tour. <laughs> he was the biggest fanboy of of bodybuilding ever. He knew everything about bodybuilding, and he was just telling me all the steroids, all the use, all the people have died, all the different. I'm like sitting there, like blown away. <laughs> and call me naive, call me what you want, but in the sport of CrossFit, there have been people who have been popped for different mm -hmm. things. And frankly, it for the reason why is because in powerlifting and bodybuilding and CrossFit, let's just say. Um, there's a lot of volume that takes place and you don't necessarily need to have, I'm going to try and articulate this appropriately. 
some natural ability for a specific thing. Like for example, even if I took a bunch of steroids, I probably couldn't hit like, like Barry Bonds did, right? Right. He had the call it God given talent of eye hand coordination to be able to do that. Right. There was something gifted. Right. Let's just, that. let's just kind of say that like, uh, if you took a bunch of steroids for chess, it may not have a big impact. If you took a bunch of steroids for golf, maybe it would help a little bit, but their skill level in golf still doesn't translate over into right. football or powerlifting, right? Or Yeah. So now you take powerlifting, right? You take bodybuilding, you take, for example, CrossFit, and there is a lot of benefit that comes because these athletes that are doing it aren't necessarily naturally gifted at one particular thing. Like I'll speak for myself, right? But they have good, well-rounded physical fitness across many things. And the steroid helps with recovery, helps with multiple things. Right. Now, when I was in it, I got out of it, you know, three years ago, two years ago. And when I was in it, you know, I can only speak for myself, right? I got randomly tested all the time and I never took anything. I don't believe anybody at the top did, but with more money, more fame comes more opportunities for that. I mean, I mean, think about it this way. If guys are doing it, doing bodybuilding competitions, making 10 grand, five grand, right. no money. I mean, at the games, you can make, you know, quarter million, you know, uh, half million, uh, right. with more money comes more opportunity for that. Let's say that you're going to compete in bodybuilding and you got, you know, one guy that weighs 200 pounds, he's natural. And the other guy weighs 220 pounds. We've seen 20, 30 pound gains very easily from people utilizing anabolic steroids and prolonged use, you know, 20, 30 pounds to hold on to that, uh, wouldn't be absurd. That'd be in the, in the, that'd be in the range of, uh, of what most people would say. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. So that's a huge difference, right? One guy having 30 more pounds of muscle. Now here's where it gets to be complicated. How would that matter? And how would that factor in when it comes to something like CrossFit? You know, the guy, I know that there's different steroids that kind of do different things, but for the most part, they make you bigger. And by via making you bigger, they make you stronger. Yep. Um, I, I am unaware. I'm not that well versed in, I know some of the negatives they can do to like your blood. And I know, I know like some of the health risks that you can run into with them, but I'm unaware of the negatives in terms of what they could do to your performance wise. Everyone's always talking about them being performance enhancing. Right. Uh, but when it comes to CrossFit, I would say the verdict is out on what they do yeah. in terms of enhancement. And now there, again, there are other things that you can take. There's things that the cyclists take and there's, there's things that you can do to your yeah, blood, oxygen your blood more, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of things you doping. can do. I and mean, that would be, that would be the magic pill. In yeah. CrossFit. I mean, I think, I think there's some gray areas, right. Where maybe, you know, for, it's mainly a recovery thing. That's at the end of the Correct. day, you know, yeah, there's two, there's two major things that happen at the CrossFit games. It's, it's a lot of events. So you need to be mentally, how strong are you? How in the game are you? And then what does your recovery look like? So if you rode a marathon that took you three hours and did four other events where you're lifting for a one rep max back squat, all sorts of stuff. And the next day you need to go do a bunch more stuff. How well is your body recovering and be able to then produce at hundred percent. Right. And so if you were doing steroids before, or if you're currently doing something that enhances that, that's where it starts to play a role. Or let's just say you got off of it for the games, but you were doing it before. Well, then you're training, you could train more hypothetically. Right. Right. But I still believe, I still believe that a guy like Matt Frazier, who's dominating the sport or Tia, I don't believe they're taking anything. I don't. Now right. I don't, you know, I know them personally and I attest for their character. I don't believe they're doing anything. I just think they work really hard. And they have very strong mental focus mm -hmm. to get through all those hard events. What's been amazing to watch in powerlifting is there's drug tested federations and there's a lot of people in drug tested federations. Now, 
I just say tested so that way uh, I'm not claiming that everybody's drug free because I don't really know what they do and don't do. Yeah, yeah. But these men and women are drug tested and I am not going to believe that all of them take stuff. But what we've seen is that um, they are breaking records that were previously held by uh, guys that are in untested federations that clearly utilize anabolics. And so in my opinion, like they, it's so very clear. They obviously do a lot for you. And if we're talking about trying to walk around with 20 inch arms and a 600 pound raw bench, they, (laughs) they, they do a lot for you. Um, but they don't do everything that they, that people think they do. I think people think that people just inject this stuff and they kind of sit back and wait for the, no, no, no. wait for the gains just to accumulate. And that's part of the reason why I get frustrated when people like claim that I've done something or someone else is because, I mean, for me, they're it's trying not, to say you took a shortcut. Yeah. And, 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 and the fact of the matter is in our sport, because it's not readily, you know, known, available, whatever, you know, for me, if you're going to go out there, you're going to put in so much work. I mean, is it really worth getting caught up? And then, I mean, what, did that really help you get to where you want to be? I mean, th- I would always question that for the rest of my life. I'd right. always be curious, right. you know, would I have qualified? Would I have won? Would I have done this? I mean, I would say probably, yeah, you know, right. I mean, right. yeah. Yeah. And, and if you think about, you, you know, you go into different sports and you think about like, uh, like racing a car, right? If you watch ESPN, uh, they sometimes will race Dodge Neons. And people will say that's to find out who the actual best driver is because it's not about the performance of the car. Now, people are still taking shortcuts there and are still modifying the cars whatever way they can. But powerlifting and bodybuilding have turned into sports where everyone has like a Formula One racer. You know, like everyone yeah, has yeah. a specialty car. And it's like uh, the jump to taking the anabolics and stuff is almost just like part of the process, just as. Uh, just as the girls buy short shorts for, for CrossFit or the guys buy certain shoes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know it sounds funny, but, yeah. it, but it's as common as that. It's as common as a dude ripping off his shirt in the middle of a workout for a guy to take steroids who wants to be at the complete top of his game when it comes to powerlifting and bodybuilding. It's, it's, it's no longer a jump of like, oh man, I don't know what that would be like to like inject yeah, that weird more. oil into my body. It, it's not even, it's not even a thought process anymore. It's like, that's as common to me as like eating steak three times a day. See, that's so crazy to me. Isn't right? that wild? I know. Yeah. And we'll <laughs> see what happens in the CrossFit space. I mean, the competition is getting more challenging. Mm-hmm. The, the, the bar just keeps getting elevated. I mean, it's like, you don't look at the dangers of how high you're climbing when you climb the rope. Right. Like you're not really thinking about it much. Oh, are you? dude. Yeah. You just climb. You just climb it. <laughs> I, I've, yeah. And at first it's like, well, somebody's going to get really hurt, but nobody really thinks about it. It's like, that's how high we got to climb. Oh, the pegboards. We got to go up and down five times. Okay. That's what we're doing. <laughs> you know, and one person, ta- like that one year, everybody tore their peck. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's like, hey, we can't do that exercise anymore. It's like, okay, we're lined up and we're going. Okay. There's peck tear number 15 or whatever it was. Right. <laughs> yeah. For I the mean, ring just bit. keep, uh, it, it, every sport gets to, you know, gets to have its dangers. But I guess my main point is that, um, you can't really just take something and have it and have you all of a sudden excel past some of these monsters that are, that are, that are putting together these, uh, outstanding performances at the CrossFit games. And it's frustrating to me. I know a lot of these athletes too, and I'm not trying to like stand up for them and say, I know that they're clean. It's just that I know that the work that goes into it. And if you've ever done a CrossFit workout, even if you didn't, just done one CrossFit workout at a pretty intense level. When you get done with it, you'll say, I think I understand right. <laughs> why it works so well for some yeah. of these people. Yeah, yeah. Because huh. it's freaking, it's When freaking you talk brutal. about, you know, 
back to like AMRAP mentality, right? And that's the kind of the approach throughout the duration of the day. The reason why it works so well is because when you AMRAP as many reps as possible in a given time, you just get so much more work done. Like, for example, I know I put up a post on Instagram and you made fun of me. You're like, that's called a superset. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, but imagine back in the day, like mm -hmm. when I was supersetting in the gym, a little bit of bench, a little bit of pull, a little bit of bench, a little bit of pull. But I wasn't like a going against the clock. I just knew I wanted to keep moving. Now you put the clock to it and you can get it done even quicker. And that one workout you posted looked brutal. You were doing like a shit, almost like a burpee uh deadlift or something with weights oh, in your hand yeah yeah burpee deadlift with with dumbbells holy yeah. crap yeah and yeah. did you were you doing something in between that like a push-up or something or i don't remember the exact one but yeah i've done a bunch of them like that yeah burpee deadlifts <laughs> with the with dumbbells are pretty pretty uh pretty hard man that shit's intense so what is your you know with an amrap mentality what is how do you start your day how does jason kalipa usually start his day what does it look like well one thing i, I need to get better at and i haven't done this yet i need to is I want to try and dedicate 10 minutes to medication. I, I want to. I want to try and, a friend of mine used an analogy, I'm going to steal it from him, is that thoughts are going to go through in your head, but you want to try and make these thoughts like passing cars on a, on a, on a road. They pass and they just keep going, right? And you want to try and be clear in your thoughts. The thought will come, let it go. Thought will come, let it go, and learn how to do that. That's something I want to learn how to do, but I'm not there yet. So typically in the morning, right, I'll get up. I, I get up before the kids. I'll go in the garage. I'll work out. I'll ride my, um, like my assault bike for about 20 minutes, just getting some morning cardio. And then I'll, I'll start answering emails, probably see the kids, and then head off to the different gyms. And really, it's just about segmenting the day, right? When I'm in the garage, I'm in the garage. When I'm at work, I'm at work. When I'm with the kids, I'm with the kids. And that's part of the AMRAP mentality philosophy. How do you, um, how do you keep track? of like what's going on in your head. So like you start your day out with some exercise. Um, what if an idea hits you? Do you stop and write it in your phone, talk to your phone, shoot a video? Like, what do you do? Yeah. So I mean, that happens to me a lot. Typically what I'll do is I'll email myself. So like, let's just say I'm at, um, dinner with the family and this, this doesn't happen as much as it used to. It used to happen all the time. Cause I'd be, the reason why I, I told myself I needed to create this idea is that I was with my kids, but thinking about walking on my hands at a fitness competition, right? Mm -hmm. And it just, I wasn't being that guy, right? Yeah, I wasn't, yeah, you weren't I wasn't being present. And so if a thought does come in, which, which it can, um, and it's important, boom, I'll just send myself an email and that's the way I track my things. So some people use notebooks, some people use different things. For me, I, um, determine how well I'm doing based on my emails being empty, not empty, but like, you know, yeah, there's not uh, a ton of them. Right. If it's, if it's, if it's unread, I need to establish what's going on. How do you come up with certain ideas? Like, is there a mode that you get into? Do you listen to music? Do you listen to podcasts? Do you just go to a coffee shop? Are you by yourself? Are you with a I buddy? Mean, all the above. I mean, I'll be driving and I'll be thinking about the business. I'll be, you know, and for me, it's, it's a, it's almost like a paranoia that someone's coming up against us. Right. I talk about this idea about breaking the band and I just <laughs> thought I'd share with you guys right now, which is, you know, in business, in fitness and whatever I'm doing. I'm trying to break the band. And for anybody listening, what that means is I had a track coach named Chris Hinshaw and him and I would run on the track and we'd run miles, whatever He's it is. He's got great philosophies, man. That guy's yeah. got some brutal workouts. For sure. <laughs> but like him and I would be like, you know, maybe this far, Mark and I, you know, very close, five, 10 feet. And then all of a sudden, after a while, his goal and my goal was to break the band. So when you're about five, 10 feet from someone, you still feel like you're competing with them. Like mm. they're your equal. Then all of a sudden, once you break it from five feet to let's just say 40 feet, You've now broken the band. So whether that's around a corner or whatever, you've now taken that person who's 40 feet behind you 
And they're no longer thinking, oh, I'm keeping up with this person. I'm going to beat them. They're now thinking there's somebody behind me and I don't want them to catch us, right? And so when you break that band, it allows you to really establish yourself as the best. And so for me, throughout the duration of the day, what I'm thinking about from our business perspective is how do we offer better product to our customers? How do we expand and, and diversify? How do we do different things so that the other people in the CrossFit space don't look at us necessarily as the competitor? We're so far out front, they're worried about <laughs> right. the other guys, right? Yeah, I, I love that mentality. Like you're putting somebody so far in the rearview mirror. It's kind of like a... Um, like an Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos, like, you know, there's, there's not like whoever, like whoever went to high school with those guys or college, they're not yeah. like, Oh, I'm kind of like, you know, still rivaling. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just, there's no, not even close. You yeah. Know, and, I mean, and look, are we there yet? No, but, but, but no, like, but that's a goal, right? It should be a goal but for everybody. Foot's on the accelerator. Yeah. The goal yeah. should be for everybody that regardless of what you're doing, just to become really, really good at it. So that, you know, other people, like, for example, when new people come into the space to design a phone, I'm sure they're not looking at Apple as a direct competitor immediately, right? Right. <laughs> they're so far out front. Yeah. They need to focus on the whatever brand, other brand there is, you know. No, I mean, that's, and that's one of the things that you've heard time and time again from executives from Apple is that uh, they're always worried about their own stuff. Yep. They're not even, they're not thinking about, <laughs> the other guy's so far back, they're not even thinking about what they're doing. They're, yeah. they're continuing to uh, make progress. So when you wake up in the morning and, and you're focused in on like, okay, I'm going to get some stuff done that's for me because everybody else is still asleep basically. Yep. What happens uh, when your son wakes up, you know, randomly at 5 a.m. or whatever and comes in and tackles you, uh, you call an audible and then you hang out with him for a little bit or? Yeah. So, I mean, that rarely happens, but like, yeah, of course. I mean. There was a while for about um, a year and a half, you know, well, I mean, for a while we'd stay at the hospital. Broke that kid's uh, scooter. <laughs> yeah, you remember that kid's scooter. Remember that? Uh, well, I mean, you know, for the last couple of years, we've been in and out of the hospital. Now that we're no longer in and out of the hospital, we're on more of a little bit more of a routine. Mm. But yeah, I mean, if you were to come in, boom, like my whole thing is no matter what I'm doing, I really always remember that everything can more or less wait except for the kid sitting in front of me. Right. right, right. I mean, there's, there's very, very rarely going to be an exception to that rule. But in general, like, here's an example. If I decide to walk in the door of the house and then I say to my son, Hey man, I got work to do. Um, then, then shame on me because now all of a sudden I look like the bad guy because he wanted to play instead to sit in my car and finish up my work. But mm -hmm. as soon as I walk in the house and be with him. And I think, I think that's what I've been trying to lean more towards now is just, um, everything else can wait at least a couple hours until they go back to bed or, you know, at night and I need to be with them. Yeah. He doesn't need to, he doesn't need to see you on your phone. Like he knows that you work a lot. He knows that you already do that, you know, and he doesn't need to see it more. Right? Yeah. We bought Nerf guns yesterday. Tonight, <laughs> tonight, I uh -oh. mean, my, my son's four. I don't know how good of a parenting choice this Having was, but battle. we are going to wear uh, eye protection, um, but <laughs> we're going to have a Nerf gun fight tonight. That's awesome. Make some pizza. Yeah. Because tomorrow I leave for Minnesota for a couple of days. And so I got to make sure I, you know, I want to make sure we spend some time. Yeah. That's, that's a. That's a big deal. I know for myself, I try to do something similar. Like I try to wake up every morning. Um, I usually like to go for a walk. So I just go, I go for a walk or sometimes I'll do some cardio or something like that. And then I come back in the house and uh, I cook for myself and for my kids. That's something I just started just about a week and a half ago. I just, as I was getting through the bodybuilding stuff, I'm like, man, this sucks. Like, this is so selfish. I, you know, I'm prepping all these own meals for myself, but then you know, I'm not taking care of the kids or I'm not participating with the wife and, and, and helping out. I just, 
there, it was just impossible. I just would not have the actual time or the energy to put into it, especially during like that last week oh. when you really don't have a lot of calories yeah. going on. Yeah. It, was, it was, uh, it was too much. I had to focus in on myself to kind of get to my goal and it, it was weird, but that's what had to happen. So, uh, the last week and a half or so I've been cooking for them. And uh, this morning I made them like French toast and, uh, you know, I've been making them like eggs and bacon and all this stuff. And then what's happened is it's actually really cool is they're getting up, like they smell the bacon and they're mm-hmm. getting up and then they're coming down and they're helping me. No point in smell <laughs> bacon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very yeah, good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you get to spend some time with them. Yeah. And they're like, Hey dad, you want me to make you a coffee or whatever? And they put the coffee in the coffee machine and they push That's the awesome. button and you know, so it's now it's, we're all kind of participating. Uh, Jake was like unloading the dishwasher this morning and cleaning. And I was like, where am I? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're like, we're in, we're in outer space or something. Things are, things are uh, kind of changing and pivoting a little bit. Got a question over there, Andrew? Yeah, just uh, personally, because, you know, I'm kind of trying to do the same thing, you know, where I'm doing more stuff in the mornings and spend more time with my daughter and with my girlfriend. Um, But there's just, I'm not in a position like you guys, um, not saying that in a negative way, obviously, but uh, there's times where, like, I promise something and then I'm like, shit, dude, fuck, I got to get Jason's podcast up or, you know, whatever whatever it is. That's just an example. Um, Do you guys do, like, makeup? days or anything like that like promise them something else another time this is more like parenting advice is what i'm asking i'm sure you do but i do i mean if something really comes up like again you know travel comes up a lot for me if i have to head to asia because we have locations there yeah i'd be like hey ava you know let's put on the calendar a date to go out to dinner and that's what we're gonna do it's just gonna be you and me and you know i think at the end of the day there's this fine line people talk about work-life balance these different things and and it's it's never going to be perfect right but i think because you need to be a provider for your family and make mm-hmm. sure you're supporting them. And But I also think you, when you are around, you just need to be around. I think that's the biggest difference. Is yeah. That something that's really changed my life is just when I'm there, I'm there. I might only be there an hour a day or mm-hmm. whatever, but I'm going to yeah. be there and I'm going to be all in. Yeah. And that's my wife says to me a lot. She's like, hey, look, you know, you work a fair amount, but at least when you're around, like the kids know that you're going to be you're wrestling be with there. them and whatever. Yeah. How, did you have a hard time uh, kind of, we, we, we talk about having FOMO here if you're missing out. Yeah. Uh, putting work on hold while you do family stuff? Yeah, it's tough, but I think at the end of the day, I have to realize, and again, I, I could always get better at this, is that two things I recognize. Mm-hmm. An email right now isn't going to be a difference between, you know, 6 p.m. and 10 p.m. It's not going to make a difference because people aren't going to answer until tomorrow anyways. Yeah. And then secondly, you know, I talked to a really successful business mentor of mine, super successful. And I asked him, I said, hey man, do you think you'd still be the president of company X if you had worked 10% less? He's like, yeah. He's like, nothing would have changed. He's like, I still would be in the same place today if I had worked a little bit less. That's interesting. I think the same thing about strength. I think people try, I think people lift too heavy. You know, I think people lift too heavy too often. I think you could lift about 10% less and be the same exact strength. See, there you go. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I think you could, you know, those, those reps and sets to failure and stuff. I think now there is, there is that one kind of component of, like, uh, if you don't push past that 10%, you might not know what it's like to be a savage and you might not know what it's like to be like really, truly competitive when the chips are down right. and a championship or something really big is on the line. That might be the only kind of component missing it. If you don't have that extra gear, it might be because you're not, you know, sh- pushing into that, that yeah. last little bit. But I always say, you know, just, uh don't overload your back with your mouth. Like don't overload your back with the things that you say. Mm-hmm. Cause wh- why am I going to sit here and promise you a bunch of stuff that I'm not going to do? That I'm yeah. not going to follow through with. So I try to think really, uh, logically, you know, mm-hmm. re- I, I'm a simple person. I try to just 
stay really simple. Like if we're talking in conversation about something, I have to tell you that I can't do something sometimes because I don't want that to like linger over, over top of me, you mm-hmm. know? And if I say that I can do it and then I can't do it, it's like, man, I'm now I just, I threw more weight on my back. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I threw more weight on my back without even really considering, uh, what somebody just said to me, you know? Yeah. That's, that's a big factor for me. Um, so when's the book coming out? So tomorrow I go to Minnesota, giving a keynote for on Thursday for a um, couple thousand people at an event called the Granite Games. Super stoked about it. And uh, pre-sales launch. Um, basically, it's up on Amazon right now. And we're going to you know do a few little edits to that. I'm going to add a video to it that I think I'm really excited about. But by Thursday, everything on Amazon should be rock and rolling. And all pre-sale, we were talking about this earlier, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, proceeds go to supporting families with pediatric cancer. That's and great. as you know, for those of you who don't know, you know, Mark is a, is a big supporter of the stuff we've been doing with Nigu and the Never Ever Give Up Foundation. And basically my wife and I, we have our own kind of lane with them. So the money goes to them, not to us, but then we get to determine kind of where some of that money goes. And so all the proceeds, um, the net profit, at least for the pre-sales, will go to that. And so uh, Jason Kleeper doesn't see any money from that because... Mm-hmm. That wasn't the design of the book. The design of the book is to get the word out, um, to help people with their mindset and to support families. Now, this is a book, you know, kind of based on some of your success in, in business and in CrossFit and stuff like that too. But it's a, it's a, you share a lot of things that have, that have happened, uh, over, over the last several years, uh, with your family and with your daughter and stuff, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I talk about the fact that, you know, on the night that she was diagnosed, I wrote a, I wrote an email to some key staff and. That email for me is kind of like the driving force behind the book. Like the fact that I was able to write an email and say, hey, look. Is that actual email in the book? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Like that's cool. I, it's, it's basically the way it goes. Like, you know, I'm sitting here. It was like 3 a.m. You know, I'm, I'm crying. This is a real, real email. And I just said, hey, look, tell these people this, tell these people this until further notice. You know, unless it has to do with my daughter getting, you know, healthy. I don't want to talk to anybody about anything. Right. Mm. And. Looking back on it, it's through all my competition experience, all the business experience, all the life lessons that allowed me to write that email and, and, and switch my focus. And now what I want to do is give people a set of tools that enabled me to get to that point where I wrote that email, put full focus, and we were able to go and attack this uh, thing called leukemia. Yeah, I think a lot of people may, maybe, uh, I think they, they think that if they shift their focus to something else, um, that they're really going to like lose out, right? Like you, like you might think if you're trying to think logically in that situation, which would be really hard to do, but if you're trying to think logically, you might think, well, you know, I still need to take care of the business because I still need to, you know, get money and I still need to do A, B and C. And I need to make sure that the people at work are okay. And you need to try to think of all these different things. But I think a lot of people sometimes don't realize, look, if you shift your focus for a period of time and you let people know what you're doing, you make people aware of what you're doing. You tell mom and dad, you tell your brother, you tell your sister, you tell whoever you got on your side, say, Hey, this is what I need to work on. Then you can probably, you probably can uh, afford to shift your focus. Well, and and on that point though, I was able to shift my focus because of all the hard work I had done. So whether you own a company or you work for somebody, get so good at what you're doing. That you could just, like, for example, let's just say you had an employee at your, at your company mm-hmm. and they were killing it. They're the best employee you've ever had. And they came to you and said, hey, man, for the next 90 days, I cannot work. I need to get paid, but I can't work because my daughter got sick. You would say, yeah, I'll see you in three months. Right. Because they're so good at what they're doing that you want to retain them, right? Right. And so my thing in life is whether you own a business, set up for success, you have good people in places that if something happens, you're good to go. 
Or if you work for somebody, no problem. Just be so darn good at what you're doing that they want to keep you forever. That's an example, right? Right. Yeah, that's something I've heard you speak about before, like uh, even just saying, hey, like if you own a business right now or if you're in charge of something, if you died today, what would happen to your business? Yeah, you got to keep it going. And uh, that's something for people to think about in general. Even if you don't own a business, what would happen? Like, where where would your where would your girlfriend be, uh, Andrew? Where would you know? What, and that's what? the motivation, though. Yeah. But that's the motivation yeah. to get up today right. and to go for a walk. That's the motivation today to get up today and work a little harder, right? And and really work hard. Don't just talk about it, but actually be about it. Like, really work hard because you never know when life's going to throw you a curveball. And let's be as prepared as possible. You're never going to be perfect, of course. But you know, that's my inspiration. Like if you can't tell, like I'm fired up about this stuff because I think it makes a difference. Right. You know, I, my hope is that, not my hope, but one day, a year from now, someone reads the book today or when it, when it releases and a year from then something happens in their life and they send me an email like, dude, because of what you put out there, it helped me approach this better. That's what I hope. What are, what are a few strategies that are in the book that, uh, somebody listening to this right now without even reading the book could kind of utilize right now like what's something like like do you like to you know the second that you park somewhere do you like to get out of the car quick and is there something <laughs> so, you know, like little I mean, things that, that you have they're like these uh, weird nuances that yeah. you feel uh, no, put you in a favorable position I, I mean i think the most favorable thing is just to know why you're doing something like if you don't know why you're doing something you probably shouldn't be doing it right because right. if you don't have a deep why when things get hard you normally just will give up right and that goes for bodybuilding that goes for anything you're doing right and so once you know your why, once you know what you want to focus on, then it's just about being honest with yourself about how hard you're working. And just like I see somebody in the gym, and if I walk up to them, I said, hey, did you work hard today? How was your workout? And they said, I did, I did the best I could. Then I high five them. And that's Boom. it, right? Yeah. But if you got to be honest with yourself, like if you know you didn't do the best you could, then tomorrow go in there and do a little bit better. So I think the whole theory is with the AMRAP mentality is just work hard, right? Be focused on something. And then segmented throughout the day. So when you're at home, be at home. When you're at work, be at work. And I think you'll see your productivity go through the roof. Like if you have emails to do, turn on a clock for one hour, just crush emails. And you'd be amazed at how many more you'll get than if you do one email, then all of a sudden you're on Facebook. Do another email, you're texting with a homie. You don't know, you know, but if right. you just do it for one hour, you'd be amazed. How much stronger do you think you are from exercise and from having this AMRAP mentality from the time that you kind of started? messing around with CrossFit and just lifting in general. Cause a lot of times yeah, you have you, to overcome adversity. You get that. to rep number like three and you're like, Oh my God, I'm dying. And you nope. still figure out a way to get to rep 17 or 20 or whatever it is. And I'll tell you like, you know, 20 rep back squat as an example, you know, when you're going from reps 12 through 20 or reps five, <laughs> through 10, you know, there's something about that. That's just fitness. Right. But that translates so well into real life. And I'm an example of a guy that's seen it, you know, like I have had my back up against the wall in competition many of times. And I've, and I've, you know, made it through, but those life lessons have been so helpful when our back was really up against the wall, you know, with our daughter in the ICU. Right. And, and I think there's something special about developing that in an area where, you know, it's not really like life or death. Like, Hey, if you get five reps, you get eight, it's not the end of the world, but it is because you're pushing yourself mm -hmm. to get there right. and you have to overcome adversity to get there. Right. But now if you keep ingraining that positive self-talk, whatever it takes to get there, now translate that into real life and you got a winning solution in my opinion. I love the way it translates too, because sometimes, sometimes you have to just teach yourself to stop too, Yeah, which is a hard thing to do. Like you're trying to do eight, but you stop at five and you're like, man, I, I really wish I could have got to eight, but I just, it, it wouldn't have made sense. And, and you may not have uh, recovered or 
on rep six or seven, you may have gotten hurt, you know, and it's like, sometimes you got to just, and that's the hard part is try to decipher. Yeah. Sometimes it's just not there. Right? It's hard and it's spend. been hard for me, you know, cause my, my priorities have shifted since competing to not competing as much. And so I just got to make sure I, you know, put my ego in check and recognize why am I doing what I'm doing? Right. When I was competing at the highest level, my why was I wanted to win. Right. And I wanted to, you know, follow through my commitments, but to win, I needed to go to rep six, seven, eight. Mm. Right. But now my why is I want to be fit for my family. Right. And so do I need to go to rep six, seven, eight? Probably not. It doesn't align with my core value of my why. And that's okay. Cause if I hurt myself on rep seven, I'm not gonna be able to throw my kid in the pool, <laughs> right. you know, but yeah, if I hurt myself on rep seven competing for the cross of games, that's just part of doing business. Right. Any other questions over there, Andrew? Every time we've gone to any of your gyms, there's usually really good music playing. Uh, when I was playing music here at this gym last visit, you were getting down to it. Uh, who's your favorite rapper? Uh, because I was I was playing like Favorite. some atmosphere, some yeah, like, I like uh, some old school hip hop. Yeah, you know? just because you were really like a lot of people don't really understand or even know the music that I play. Yeah, so the fact that you were like mouthing the lyrics, and I was like, holy shit! Like, dude, what's yeah. up? Little atmosphere, <laughs> people under the stairs, little there you grouch. Go. Yeah, um, but you know, I mean, obviously some Jay Z, some uh, you know, some Drake. I like those. <laughs> You know, whatever. Yeah, no, it was just on my mind because I was just thinking when we were, yeah, we went to one of your multiple gyms. We walked in and yeah, it was people under the stairs, and I was like, dude, that you don't have that at any other no. gym, you know. So that's pretty dope, yeah. But no, that's all I got, Mark. What's the coolest thing that's happened to you uh, at being part of uh, this fitness community and CrossFit and all that kind of stuff? Uh, I mean, without getting too like into it, it's the fact that you know after Ava got sick, everywhere I went, wherever I went you had thousands of people come up to me and tell me they were praying and, and sending good vibes to Ava. That's, that's probably the coolest thing. That's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, you have your own podcast. Uh, it's yeah. a business, business of fitness podcast. Yep. So the business of fitness podcast is really for coaches, owners. It's really just about the business of fitness. Um, we will be having a new one called the Amrit mentality with Jason Cleef. It'll be coming out, but for now it's just business of fitness. You can check it out. And, um, you know, most part, uh, Jason Jason Cleep on Instagram and, uh, you know, please, uh, please visit Amazon. You know, I, I would really, uh, appreciate your support with the book and let me know your thoughts on it when it, when it actually delivers in early January. Yeah. The link to order the book is in the uh, description of the podcast on iTunes and on YouTube. He's got 25 gyms. He's got, uh, five gyms on the same street from what I remember last time he took us on tour. Oh, come on. He's the, uh, 2009 CrossFit games champion and a good friend of mine. Guys, this is Jason Kalipa. It's all time we got for today. Strength is never weakness. Weakness is never strength. Catch you guys later.